Welcome back to Stories from the Influencer Economy. This is Ryan Williams, host of the Rhino Lab. Before we jump into the episode, I want to remind everyone, go to my website, influencereconomy.com. I will give you a free, like I said, free handbook for how to launch your idea, collaborate with your community to build products they love for the digital age. I'll help you launch your new business or startup or book or tech product. All of the above, I want to help your business launch Go to InfluencerEconomy.com for the free collaboration workbook. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Lab. It's Ryan Williams, host of Stories from the Influencer Economy, The Rhino Lab. This show is a framework for how you can launch, collaborate, and thrive with your business in the new economy, all about reaching your next opportunities. And this is episode 102. Welcome, Kate Talbot, the author of Oh Snap which is a guidebook for how you can use Snapchat for business. How's it going, Kate? Good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great. I wanted to share with you, uh, with everyone listening today and watching this, um, presenting a master class on Snapchat. And I'd love to just learn more about your background. You can introduce yourself to the crowd. Yeah, definitely. Well, hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. And I have been in social media for about 10 years. I'm the same age as Mark Zuckerberg. So I was early on with the Facebook.com. So it's been kind of the idea of social media has just been really part of my own career identity. I worked in New York and San Francisco on the agency side doing social media for PR firms when social media wasn't even a job. And then I did in-house after business school um, at Kiva and then Virgin America. So I ran all their social media, helped launch this new safety video, and did tons of um, partnerships. And that really propelled me to work super hard to then go into early stage startups. So I just been growth marketing there and then really into the social media space and wrote this book. And so you and I are brothers and sisters from other mothers <laughs> um, because there's a big difference between making money off social media and using social media. And so th today we're going to talk about Snapchat and its essence to young people who use it socially and want to learn how to run a business around Snapchat and also others who may not know what Snapchat is um, and using it for their own personal use and more importantly for business. Does that sound, does that sound good? Sounds great. Um, so the, the first question is, what is Snapchat? <laughs> Snapchat is. No, um, well, Snapchat is a mobile application, a social app that about 150 million people are using nowadays, started in the dorm rooms at Stanford, and then just really grew and has grown a lot in the last two years. And what you started out with is that um, your photos and videos would disappear. And I think that was the main element. And now um, you can use video, there's advertising, and brands and journalists are using it all over the world. So it's just really grown a lot. And little known fact, Snapchat was actually kind of under the radar with people because it was stigmatized as kind of a bikini picture app for a while, and then young people adopted it. So why do you think the young people in colleges and high school and really caught, why did, why did it catch such fire? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the sociology and the psychology of social apps, and especially with what they were on or Facebook, which was what their parents were on, they wanted something that nobody saw. You're as going back to being on social media from the early ages, like you are defined by your social presence. So with Snapchat, you can just be you and you don't have to be that perfectly curated person and have that nice Instagram photo of you holding a baby like you could be out drinking until 2 a.m. And I think that's what really resonated with the, the younger generation. I remember a lot of people were using it on Wall Street at first because they didn't want their shenanigans of social interactions because people were burned out on Facebook that kept video and photo on your profile forever. 
and it was more ephemeral was the word that people were mm-hmm. using. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's why I used it because I just felt like it was a new way of looking at social media in a in a really authentic way and people just crave that. And so that's really my thesis on why I went hard on Snapchat. Is what? That people crave authenticity and the idea of curation and perfectionism, which was huge on Instagram, um, was going to decline because people can't keep that up long term. And so you mentioned you're the same age as Mark Zuckerberg. Um, are all your friends on Snapchat actively using it at the moment? No. No. I feel like a lot of friends are, you know, still 32, so people aren't aren't as young millennials, but um, they they enjoy it, but not all my friends are on it. And so if you're a business professional, why would you recommend people jump into Snapchat? It's changing the way that everybody's using social media. If you look at Messenger just launched today and they redid Messenger exactly like Snapchat. And oh, not for only Facebook. the yeah, for Facebook. So it's not only the platform itself, it's how people are creating content and using vertical video, which is fun, authentic, and What do you mean shareable. by vertical video? Um, the actual, nobody uses Snapchat like this. Like you always use it this mode and now it's just changed the way advertising is and the way that people use uh, Instagram and whatnot. Okay. And so then if uh, you could just kind of break down, you know, the framework in your book and starting with you know, the value proposition of the authentic, authentic nature of Snapchat and just kind of go into the details because I think people listening, they may not get Snapchat for business. So if we could take this mm-hmm. in incremental steps, that'd be great. Definitely. So yeah, let's just start with the idea that Snapchat is very different than every other platform. A, because it started with your messages going away. And then B, it started from like a very millennial point of view. So you take that and then how can you take those elements into your own business? So um, using that, I was able to look at a lot of case studies with millennial type brands or also in the book, you can see here throughout it, the case studies are NPR, Airbnb, ShopStyle, Stanford. So it goes across all different industries, not only those millennial, but higher education, fashion and NPR, which in itself is very high level journalism. Yeah. Could we start with um, Airbnb? Mm Because they're a later stage startup. They have a solid business and they're more cutting edge, you know, in marketing, want to take more risks. So how did they integrate Snapchat? Definitely. Well, their whole social media idea is that they just want to have user generated content. They want everybody to do their own marketing for them for Airbnb, which is very smart, innovative, because what do you mean that's by that? how they don't want to be producing content. They want all their users all over the world to produce content for them which I think is the way of social media going forward. So very innovative on trend. And in the book, um, the global head of social media, Eric Toda, talks about that and how they have their um, hosts or the people who are in uh, the host cities creating the content and showing how they live, uh, belong together as their, uh, or live local, or their brand messaging. So you talk about how they bring that to life. And one example is a girl in Paris. Actually, let me step back for a minute. for those that don't know what Airbnb is, oh yeah, let's give a little quick tutorial. Yeah, it's a late stage startup based here in San Francisco. And instead of going to hotels while you're traveling around the world, you can stay at um, people's homes and get that really um, uh, uh, travel that's just of the community. As so instead of like to- going to staying at the Holiday Inn or the W or the Marriott, you're going to actually stay in someone's house, rent it from them. I use it all the time when I go to conferences and it's sometimes cheaper and people can make money by renting out their home. And it, so it feels like a couple different market demands. You can rent your home out, make extra income, and then you can find less expensive places to stay when you're traveling. 
Definitely. And it's all about the sharing economy, it's technology, and it's innovation. So I think that was why I really wanted to like include it in the book. And they really use social media in a really smart way. So um, yeah, they just have influencers take over and share what's happening in those communities. And how do they empower them on Snapchat to encourage them to use the app? Um, I think they have one-to-one relationships with the influencers in those specific uh, cities, and then they uh, give them access to the Snapchat account, and they take it over. Okay. So they do a mm-hmm. takeover of their stay at Airbnb? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they show what is San Francisco as opposed to going to the Golden Gate Bridge and going to the, um, you know, uh, Coit Tower. It's why well, I'm going to Dolores Park on a Sunday, and we're going to drink PBR, and then we're going to go to Tartine. So it's a very different way of looking at San Francisco or enjoying your time there. And so psychologically, why would someone want to take over a Snapchat account that was an Airbnb customer? Um, They would want to just show off their own story. I think that goes back to Snapchat. People just want to share their lives in a very real way. And I think that's what Airbnb really gets about the platform is that people just want to share. And then uh, when you, you also have Virgin as a case study in the book. And they're more of a, I mean, they're, you know, billion dollar business how do they incorporate it as a more uh, traditional brand that's not as, you know, startup-y as Airbnb? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's Virgin America. So uh, it's an airline. So they use it more to do product launches. And for them, product launches are market launches. So um, the example they talk about is when they launched in Hawaii, they were able to use emojis within the, uh, the you put your luggage, they have the luggage emoji, they put that within the plane, or they highlighted Richard Branson, who's obviously, you know, the head of Virgin. So they're able to use product launches, the influencers and interviews to showcase their new products. So they are they telling the story of the brand? So they launch a new product. Like what's an example of a product that they would launch through Snapchat? Um, the product itself would be a new market. So going to Hawaii. Okay. So, so that would be like the product launch. And they could start sharing stories about what's it like in Hawaii. Yeah, and showing you know showing Oahu and showing um, the activation itself with Richard and showing it, but not in that curated way where you have you know a videographer come on board with you and take it and you package it up later. You're doing it in real time. You're showing it from thirty five thousand feet, and you're adding in those native elements like filters, emojis, and writing on it. So they're doing it sequentially from like soup to nuts, where you're like leaving L.A., going Mm -hmm. on a plane the entire like virgin brand experience and then landing in this amazing destination. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's at its core of what Snapchat should be is like, what is your brand activation? What is your brand from beginning to end? And they were able to do that. in I think a really strong way. And so you mentioned previously about not being perfect and how there is some sort of uh, idea with social media that Instagram is so curated. You got to show your food in the right way or your, or show you in Hawaii at your peak moment, like on a helicopter tour. Why do people not need the polished, perfect social media post anymore? There is definitely a need for it. I think people do like that. People like to do stuff into a work of art, and I think that's what Instagram can be. Um, But people just want to share their daily lives and and show it in a way that they can connect with their communities. And I think that's a huge other element of Snapchat is connecting with their community on a one-to-one basis. And with Snapchat, you are. It feels like if you're a brand, you're connecting with your consumer from a one-to-one friendship ability as opposed to this highly curated photo that seems so out of reach. But if you're just talking with this selfie with Richard Branson and he has a lens on him with a flower crown, that's what you and you and your friends would do anyways. Okay, now let's now let's segue into the emojis and filters. 
for those who are in are unindoctrinated to this language that you're using? <laughs> yeah, so what I would say is that I think most people have seen the lenses. Even if you don't understand Snapchat and its form, you have probably seen the lenses. So what they do is that they've used it as augmented reality to be able to, you take a selfie and you put your uh, finger on it and it will bring up a lot of different lenses. And some are sponsored from um, companies like Bank of America or movies that are coming out. Like yesterday was Edward Scissorhands and then throughout the emoji uh, filters, you can pick, you can be the dog. Probably a lot of people have seen the dog, the tongue comes out or the flower crown. So you can utilize those in any of your content that you create. And so these filters that are sponsored, like with Edward Scissorhands, how are they integrating that? Because you essentially, the filters, you can, you push the button and then you scan for mm -hmm. different, like how would like Bank of America or Edward Scissorhands integrate into Snapchat? Mm -hmm. Well, can I just show you mine? Yeah, we'll please, yeah. Yeah, so I, I did this yesterday. So I had to, I saved it so you guys can see. So this is me, and I was actually getting my hair done. I don't know if you guys can see it. So it was really like in real time. Like this is a really great time to show Edward Scissors hands because I'm getting my hair done. And I look kind of creepy. And another point of this whole thing is, is that nobody cares what you look like. Like it's even better. I quoted this in one of my presentations. You want to send your friends ugly selfies. Like that means you have a true friendship. Like this is a key point from a millennial point of view. Like if you use Snapchat and you send your friend with a triple chin, like that is like what Snapchat is. And why would Edward Scissorhands want to be in Snapchat? Because you're hitting the whole millennial audience. You're hitting the right people who are going to share this. And again, it's advertising at its best. It's not a banner ad that you're like, oh, I don't want to see it. You're literally like becoming the ad and sharing it with your community, which is huge. So it's like branded content, but it's less about coming down. It's not top down. It's bottom up. It's bottom up and it's great. And people save it. They share it on other social channels. And the advertising ROI on Snapchat is huge. What would you say the budget would be for Edward Scissorhands? And what were they promoting? A, uh, isn't that movie like 15 years old? So what are they promoting? Yeah, I assume a new Edward Scissorhands movie is coming out. I don't know. But um, the, at the, the um, amount of money is pretty high for something like Edward Scissorhands or Bank of America. It's pretty high. Um, and then what about local businesses? Because yes. I've, I've, I've seen yeah. filters for events. Yeah, I'm super bullish on on-demand geo filters. Those are super cheap. You can do them for about $30 and you can do it for an event um, for a local space or you can do it up to a month. And those are great because you geofence that area and then the filter comes up and you can be within it. Um, and it's great. Do you, have any, on, do you have any saved on your phone? Um, yeah, I just did a charity event this last weekend. And let me pull it up. And I've done it for venture firms up here. Um, it's cool. Hold on. So I started like, on. So you have like a conference or a business mm -hmm. networking event, and then you could buy the filter for 30 bucks, which is 30 bucks. so cheap and it, it brings community together. Yeah. And people are excited to share. And again, you can everything with Snapchat now because they have memories save as and upload against all of your other, um, social media platforms. So this is, I did a charity event for, it was oh, called so you're saying repurpose it to post it, repurpose it everywhere. Yeah. Um, so it's Hanukkah in Paris. And so you can see me and my girlfriends. And then down here, it's Hanukkah with a menorah and then the Eiffel Tower. And it matches so it the... Bit over. So then they are paying for this filter at the event. Um, the filter just comes up. You geofence it and you say, I want it from 7 a.m. to 2 a.m. And then if you go onto your... Uh, you slide through your uh, Snapchat and it will pop up. So does Snapchat have a, a brand dashboard or an interface for companies? 
they have a downloaded template that you can use that's uh, you need to use InDesign, um, which is a little bit tougher, but you can use Canva, which I always recommend, and then you can just upload it in. What's Canva? That's like a Photoshop that's free or cheaper? Yeah, it's cheaper, and you can just use the dimensions. There's a lot of articles out there, or you can do outsourcing. I use by custom geo filters. Like People do this for you, and they'll just do everything together. And so anyone can do this? Anybody can do this. And then if you're a brand and you do it, um, it just says sponsored by the brand for about two seconds and then it goes away. So essentially, like if you were living in Des Moines, Iowa, mm-hmm. and you wanted to promote your your uh, networking event for small business owners, and you realize there's a younger audience there, you could customize a filter that then everyone who broadcasts from that event, they would psychologically think it was cool. Yeah. And they're posting anyway, so it's like an advertisement. And, exactly. And so this is what social media always was, where you find people to become ambassadors or influencers to, they love your brand so much that they share it to their friends. And so this is a fun, easy way for people to do. Exactly. And it's a way, and I talk about this in my book, in the conclusion, it's like for years they've had banner ads or advertising and you need to click through and that's how you get it. This is literally people, A, want to use it, share with their friends. At its core, that's marketing at its best. So people are going to ask, how do you make money off that? Um, I think that's a long-term play. Um, you can't like obviously make money because you, they make it that you can't you know, put in a website. But you could um, – there's a lot of different ways to make money if you wanted to put in the things like website and then share that. But I think it's more of a brand awareness. It's not a direct response. It's brand awareness. It's not direct response, meaning there's no call to action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no like buy this now. It's more like brand awareness, sharing and remembering. And then more and more when people see that, they'll think, oh, that Snapchat geofilter. Oh, that networking event was cool. I want to go and you can make deals there. What well, do you think psychologically there's some brand affinity that can develop through the filters? Definitely, definitely. And people think your brand is more accessible. Yeah, and cool and hip because they see it with their friends and they want to do it. Oh, you did one for your brand as opposed to, oh, Jenny's 30th birthday. You know, it's just, it just shows that you're up on trends and you know that what's hip and how people want to utilize social media. So anyone that's a you know small business owner or an entrepreneur or someone that does events for work, that's an easy, actionable thing they could take away from this conversation. Exactly. And I'll even give you one step further, which I think is the smartest idea I've ever seen anybody use, is you could create a geofence filter at conferences that you're going to. So say you're a speaker in an event, you can make your own because they're already going to be looking at it. You could take over because there's about five uh, geofilters that you're able to have. So, so you could you, even take over a huger event with your own geofence And so filter. you could have a, like a networking opportunity or like a your company wants to be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. And is that easy to do or is it competitive? Does Snapchat not want you to do that? It's competitive for sure. I mean, definitely at trade shows, I've seen it. So you just have to be a little bit more strategic and maybe put out a little bit more money. But I think it's a strong play and I recommend it for all B2B trade shows. That's a great call. So you can almost have your own little conference networking through your company at these events. Yep. And you find them easily because not everybody's going to come to your booth, but a lot of people might be on Snapchat. And how often do you think these brands should be snapping a day at a conference or you know, when they have a filter or even not, I mean, it's the habits of Snapchat is to check it all the time. So how much is too much for brands? 
I don't think there's ever too much because people, it disappears in 24 hours. So it's, you know, it's very ephemeral. And then um, it's just, again, going back to brand affinity, like it's remembering that they're there because it's intertwined within your friends. So it could say Everlane and then it could say Sarah, then it could say Mike and then it could say Virgin America. So it's just really much within your own, um, your own timing. So I wouldn't worry about snapping too much. And what about your uh, pinning a story? Right? Can you explain like how you can snap out? Because now messages can last longer, correct? Oh, when, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, would you explain that to people, like how they can pin something? Or is that the terminology they use? No, it's called memories. Oh, memories, yeah. Yeah, so you can just I'm save old-fashioned. It. It's okay. It's okay. It's like Twitter. Um, so you can Yeah, Twitter, you, you pin your tweets. Pin, exactly. You pin your tweet, yeah. So you can just save the content. Um, or you can upload older content. So through your own camera app, which is great. You can do like a TBT, um, throwback Thursday or a flashback Friday. So you can just make it non-ephemeral, but there's nothing that puts your content to the top. The only way it does is if you create more and more content. And what about these news organizations and like, does NPR have an official feed? I'd love to talk more about how journalists are using it. Yeah, I mean, I think the main, yeah, so there's two ways of using it, one from the brand angle and one through Discover. So Discover, for everybody to know, is the way that, um, that's the editorial portion of Snapchat. And so you're able to um, have like Wall Street Journals on there, Comedy Central, and every day there's more content that's based off of their web content that's put onto Snapchat in the way that people consume. And then if you're NPR, you have your own profile as well? Yes, and, and so you have your own brand. And so I talk in the book um, about that. Um, the main social media intern there actually ran all their Snapchat channels, which is so interesting. If you think about NPR, you have the highest of the high journalists and they have an intern teaching all these high journalists how to use Snapchat. So just think about that for a second. And and they're able to get the most, um, co- she said, the most conversations engagement on Snapchat as opposed to Facebook or oh, really? Twitter. Yeah. So they would ask questions like, is there any Lyft drivers out there? And then we get tons of content through um, Snapchat as opposed to Facebook. And they're able to um, utilize the Snapchat to show off events like when the Pope came to D.C. or like the elections. And so I think it's a really great way of new media journalism. And so people are posting snaps back at NPR. Mm -hmm. And then there's someone who's like filtering and curating all that. Exactly. And the brands can talk to the community through the chat, too, which, again, is another great play. And how do they then download the content if someone says, hey, I'm a Lyft driver, this is me driving my Lyft, or this is, this is I'm in Lyft right now, <laughs> I'm picking up someone. Like, how does then the brand, like NPR, filter, you know, create the content on top of that and share it? Yeah, so they could either, either screenshot that and then upload it through memories, or they could ask that person to download it and then email them over, and then they could upload it themselves. So there's different ways of doing it. And it's that actually hacky. happens. Brands spend yeah. the time to do that. Definitely. It's, it's influencer marketing through user generated content. So it's pretty good. And you think that, you know, brands in general, you take a snap, you have a filter emoji for your event or just the dog face with the tongue hanging out that repurposing that to Instagram, to Facebook, to Twitter is the strategy and central like, it's almost like the host of your content could be Snapchat that you distribute out everywhere else. Exactly. But I do think I wouldn't just be, uh, like blasting it to all those channels because you have to know how those channels work. Like Instagram isn't going to get that many likes if you just repurpose your Snapchat. You could probably put your Snapchat story into your Instagram story, but I would be very uh, uh, more conservative about right. putting Snapchat out there. The one place I would is I would download the stories and put it on YouTube because it's great for SEO. And do do brands do that? 
yeah, yeah. and influ- a lot of the influencers on Snapchat do that as well, and so they, they can repurpose together, their- you know, like ten ten different story or ten videos, and then have their their like if you're so if you're a virgin, you could download the trip from L.A., the flight, the landing in Hawaii, and that would be content marketing. Yeah, and then you just put it on YouTube, and then you could share, put that on the blog, and then share the blog on Twitter. So you can just really take all that content, but do it in a strategic way because the dog filter isn't going to do as well on Instagram than it would on Snapchat. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that's very wise advice. And uh, I think if you're uh, listening to this and you're 50 years old, you're probably wondering about this dog <laughs> filter, but take our word for it. Um, it's a good one. It's a good one. If you uh, have to say something about Snapchat, like where would it, where is it going to be in three years or, or four years? Yeah. So, I mean, I think any of these social platforms, it's changing all the time. I would say for sure they're going to IPO in March so or early 2017. So I'm thinking they're more going to do a lot of acquisitions. So it'll be interesting to see who they acquire. They're very bullish on VR, AR. They just did the spectacle. So I'm sure if you guys have seen people with these sunglasses out on the streets, people are using uh, augmented rea- uh, AI to create content that way. Do you think the spectacles are going to take off? Yeah, the way that they did the launch made it like super cool. Versus and Google, if you look Glass. Google Glass. Yeah, they didn't give it to any tech influencers. They even put it in like the bottom of the Grand Canyon. So they made it really hard to get and with the right people wanting it. And so they created a demand for it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's like you wear glasses. My friend gave me his to try on. You can record it through like pushing a button mm-hmm. and then it goes to your Snapchat, mm-hmm. right? Because you Bluetooth connect it to your device. So do you think brands are going to embrace that a lot more now with people like going journalists or going to Coachella to document what's going on? Yeah, I mean, you're on the ground. You don't have to pull up your camera. You don't have to make sure you have uh, juice on there. Like, it's just in the real time. And again, I think Snapchat's just really hit the very, like, cool aspect of everything. So you can be anywhere and have them on and people will be excited because it's a hard-to-get item. And do you think that, like, this will change? Like, Facebook really became different when like older generation folks like grandparents and parents started just sharing photos of their kids. Do you feel like Snapchat's going to hit a wall at some point where everyone's on it to the point of, oh man, I can't be as authentic anymore because my mom's trying to follow me? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do. I do because I have it with my niece and nephew and I see how fun it is for my parents to use because they love doing it with the filters. And, but I think that social media in itself, everything has to run its course. I mean, we were in MySpace, what, like 2006 and that was cool. And now nobody is ever on MySpace. So we'll just see, but it's, I just think the trends have always been cool kids, cool kids, parents, and then something else happens. So you do believe that this isn't, there isn't, there's, we haven't reached peak social media yet that there will be another product in three to four years that will be like Facebook and Snapchat. But yeah, I think so. But that's hard to penetrate now because there's so much out there. But I think something will come along that will change it. And I think VR AI is just going to be huge and see how they integrate that. And I think Snapchat is going to integrate that in itself anyway. So maybe they'll just change that way of utilizing Snapchat from the core of what it is now. And so I guess this in closing, this is an amazing conversation. You are a quintessential Snapchat um, influencer in training people and giving them a, f- a framework. And so just to re- recap and please interject, um, we talked about how small businesses can use geo filters at events for themselves. They could take over events that they're attending by getting their brand out there. It's more about awareness and affinity for your brand, less about calls to action. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then also, you know, talking about as people adopt Snapchat, you're getting a millennial audience and a younger group of people. So in the end, like, why are these millennials important to bring on to your brand early? And kind of what advice would you have in closing to a brand that's thinking, ah, I don't need that audience yet, or I'm a little skeptical. Millennials don't have money right now. Like, why would they want to reach people through Snapchat that are younger? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could go back to Facebook. Why would you want to have used Facebook in 2004? I mean, you could say the same thing. But now, look, those 20, those college kids are now early 30s or, or less that have tons and tons of money through whatever avenues they have. So I think there's no harm in trying. Everybody should just try it out, see if they have engagement, and then know that millennials are the next generation to, A, inherit money, and then work really hard and get it. So there's, I would never discount a generation that's going to be the biggest generation in the next 10 years. And then if you uh, want a username, what do you recommend people do? Because <laughs> I signed up for it so long ago. My username's like, R Williams nine nine seven. I mean, do what you want to do. I have the same thing. I have like a Tao one oh two. It's but, terrible. You know, I mean, it's yeah. Just... So it is what it is. Maybe just be authentic to yourself. But you don't think people should like should change their URLs and deactivate and reactivate their account to get their name or something like their brand. Um, you can use your QR code to do that. I mean, I think that it doesn't matter your name as much as what your QR code and what your photo looks like. So just keep everything PG. People know that not everybody's going to have like Kate Talbot, social media. It's no, we're all fun. We're having a good time. So don't worry if it's, it's not cool. Okay. So I'm going to Snapchat this right now. (laughs) Very meta. It's super meta, but ultimately, (laughs) um, Do I have a lens? Uh, no. I gave you a Playa Vista in <laughs> that neighborhood cool. of LA, and I gave you a filter. Very cool. Um, oh, look, there's a this season in California. Yes, well. I, we had that one up here too. And up uh, north. I'm going to put a temperature of 57. <laughs> Because not, not some people watching it could be frigid in the winter. The East Coast. Um, yes. I'm gonna take one second because my my laptop's about to fall off. Okay. It's about to. I'm posting it to my story. I'm gonna download that because it's great content. And sorry, had to plug in there. I hope that wasn't too. No, perfect. Too um, okay, cool. Well, I posted it. So Kate, awesome. thank you so much. This is a very authentic conversation. We even had <laughs> a computer uh, malfunction potentially averted. So yes. that's the beauty of the internet. We are all forgivable, forgettable. It's not just about the perfect Snapchat or video or Instagram curated photo of your, your, your food that you're eating at a sushi restaurant that everyone worships uh, because you got to be real. Yeah, definitely. Um, so where can we find you? Yeah, so I am just connect with me on all the social media. So Twitter and Instagram, Kate Talbot too. LinkedIn is Kate Talbot. And um, my website is katetalbot.me. And again, I wrote this book. If you guys have any more questions about Snapchat, it's on Amazon and Product Hunt. It's OSnap. And it has some really great case studies. So um, not only because I wrote it, but I really do think that it's really helpful if you're uh, wanting to learn about Snapchat and then also how brands utilize it. So in, in, in your Snapchat URL is what? 
Kataya 102. So K-A-T-A-Y-A-102. Awesome. Which has stayed with me since I was 17 years old. It's like your so. AOL screen name. For <laughs> it is my AOL screen name. Yes, it was. Um, and then finally, uh, if you buy the book on Amazon, please leave a review. We ask that for everyone who is part of this community because it means it helps a lot to get that credibility and social proof. Thank you. Yes, that's a really great thing. And I'm so fortunate to be on here and have connected with you, Ryan, and read your book and just being able to be part of this wonderful um, social media space. We're all just learning from one another because it's a wild jungle out there and we're just trying our best. So no question is dumb. So feel free to reach out to me and I'm always here to help. We all want to collab. Def. All right, cool. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day, guys. That was Kate Talbot. Check out her book, search Amazon, or look in the links below for Oh Snap. And thank you for listening. Check out the archives, interviews with authors like Seth Godin, investors like Brad Feld, and YouTubers like Freddie Wong and Flula Borg. All these super giants. I have punched way above my weight class to get these amazing guests. Go to InfluencerEconomy.com. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave a review. And if you like that free handbook I mentioned about how to launch your idea, collaborate with influencers, and thrive in the digital age, please check that out at my website and sign up for my email list. Thanks, y'all, for a great episode, and talk to you soon. Uh-huh.